And we back, and we back, and we back. We are back with episode two of the Q. Um, let me give you the Q card for the day, the things we're going to talk about. We're going to open up with Pusha T and Drake. Pusha T came back with a great response, uh, probably about his best best case scenario responses I ever heard in a rap beef. Then we got Donald Trump talking to Kim K about prison reform. Yes, you heard that right. Prison reform. Kim Kardashian, Donald Trump, prison reform. That's topic number two. And then lastly, since I'm recording it a day early, NBA Finals. We're going to talk who won, who didn't win. I'm obviously recording this before the game comes out, before the game starts. And this episode is going to come out after the results have already been uh, released. Uh, The game has happened. So that's going to be my last topic. I'll record that part tonight after the game. But um yeah we're gonna do pusha drake donald trump kim kardashian nba finals results i'll give you a quick little prediction i got golden state tonight by 10 we'll see how that turns out i'll address that uh after the game is over so that's the q episode 2 q card that's our th- three things let's get it all right let's get right into it um pusha t and drake the battle continues. The chaos continues. Pusha T came back. I don't even know what the song is called. Pusha T came back with, oh, the story of a, a, a D-Don. Um, it was not a fun day for me on Twitter. It was not a fun day for any Drake fans on Twitter. Um, it's, it just was not great, a great day for us. Uh, Drake caught a, uh, got bodied. He, it, it just wasn't good. It was, it was bad. Uh, let's talk about a few of the things addressed on... Well, let's talk about, first things first, the cover art for the song is a picture of Drake and blackface, right? Now, what? I said what? I think everybody said what? Um, I actually had seen that picture before. That picture is really old. That picture, Drake addressed it and said the picture was from 07. But I remember seeing that like a really long time ago, like when Best I Ever Had first came out. Um, like, I remember seeing that. I saw that picture a long, long, long time ago. I didn't make anything of it. I was kind of young when, it, when I seen it. But, uh, that blackface. Um, so Drake responded. He definitely did respond. He basically said that, um, actually, and Lupe Fiasco came out on his behalf as well, which I, I would never think that he would, that he doesn't really seem like a Drake fan. But Drake did respond. Um, he he defended himself a little bit. I'm looking. I had to respond to him. Damn, give me a second. Uh, he said, "I know everybody. I know everyone is enjoying the circus, but I wanted to clarify this image in question. This is not from a clothing brand or from my music career. This picture was shot in 07. Uh, basically, what it boils down to is a really long statement." He said that the photo was taken, um, and there was two sides of the photo. Push only posted the, the, he has one where he looks happy, he's smiling, and then there's one where he's sad and down. And obviously that's the one Push used. Um, so basically he's saying that uh, the, the, the shoot was for uh, a campaign about how black actors, uh, especially up and coming, have a harder time getting roles and... Um, like I said, I've seen, I've seen that picture when I first, like, got into Drake, when I first started listening to his music, 
I remember when Best I Ever Had came out, I think I had Google Drake's name to see if he had any more songs, and that was one of the things that came up. Who knew? What, nine years later, it'd be such a big deal. Ten years later, it'd be such a big deal. But um, that picture is really old. I remember, I personally remember seeing that uh, when I first Googled who Drake was. All right, let's get into the bars. Um, he mentioned Drake having an illegitimate son. Which, let me tell you right now, uh, Drake raps about not feeling black enough or not feeling like he's as black as his peers a lot. Illegitimate kid, welcome to the club. Welcome welcome to the family. You, you've you made it. You're with us now. Uh, uh, raps about him having a secret son. Uh, raps about a lot of things. Just just a, a body of a track. I, I don't really want to sit here and recite the lyrics because I'm pretty sure everybody's heard it. Now, I see a lot of Drake fans, a lot of Drake fans like myself, uh, see, they're on the, obviously Drake fans are on the defense right now, oh, push your teaser, brother, push your teaser, listen, I'm a Drake fan, but I'm also real, we got body yesterday, we, we, we took it out, uh, that was a, it was a really good diss track, it was better than I ever expected it to be, and I knew it was bad, because I was at work when the track got released, and I found out about the track on Twitter, and... I saw the reactions on Twitter before I actually heard the song, and I knew we were in trouble. Drake fans were in trouble. We were in for a rough night. Um, but I think Drake will respond. His response now is really important. This response is this is like game six down three two. Like this response is the most important because Pusha's track was so good, and because it brought things to the light. Drake really has to knock this one out the park. I don't know. He he needs to hire a team and do some digging and find out something. The uh, this this is crazy. On the flip side, I feel like if Drake, if this secret kid thing is the truth, I mean, I don't really care. I didn't care when Chris Brown when Royce like when Royce came out of nowhere. I didn't care about that really. I mean, that's personal life. That's I don't really care. Um. Uh, yeah, I don't really. That's I don't feel like anybody really care. I don't really give a fuck. Keep putting out hot music. That's all I really care about. Um, but damn, push, push, push had to have that in the stash. There's no way push, push had to have that in the stash. He had to. It's no way he had to have that in the stash. This. Oh man, let me tell you. Uh, Drake is in a real Meek Mill situation right now he needs to respond it's already been 24 hours i don't know what he's waiting for uh, it's, i feel like right now push has the upper hand in the sense that unless drake pulls out something crazy i don't think anything drake could put out could really live up to um like i said drake has to do some digging he has to find out something because pusher exposed so pusher went from up talking about quentin miller we already know about quentin miller we already knew about the ghostwriting accusations. Old news. With old news, like we already knew about that. Uh, Drake has to expose because saying talking about your album sales, talking about like that is not gonna work. You you need to do some digging. You need to hire a PR. Uh, you better hope Pusher is gay on the low, and you can find it out and expose us. You need to find something. 
uh, a third nipple, something. You need something, Drake. You need something to come up. You need something. You need a third nipple. You need him to be gay. You need him to have a ghostwriter. You need something because he went the expose route to expose whatever, uh, the illegitimate kid and that you name in the Adidas line after your illegitimate son, Adonis. I was, uh, oh, and 40. Come on, 40. You got to hit him with something. You got to get a dead grandma. Something, a dead dog. A pigeon, something. You need something. You got to hit back. Uh, I can't wait. I hope I hope he responds before I publish this because... Uh, although I'm publishing this tomorrow, I'm recording it today. I hope I go to work and I hop on Twitter on my break or whatever, and and Twitter's lighting up about Drake's response. He needs to respond. He needs to get back out there. All right. So right now, push is up two to one. Aside though, because the series is going back to Toronto. Uh, great job by Push. Uh, Drake, you need to find a dead dog, somebody dead in this family. Son, you need something. You need it. You need something. Is looking serious right now. Um, I think Push the. I it's just a great disc record. Uh, all right. I don't want to say a great disc record because it's at all time it doesn't really compare to anything. It's a great modern disc record. It's a great today disc record. It's a great disc record for Drake. But mm, at the end of the song, Pusha implied that he had more. What more can you have? He he said it's gonna be a surgical summer. We just getting started. What more does he have? What, what's going on? Listen, Drake. I know you're listening. Just you need something. Go find a dead family member. Go find something. Find something. You need something. You need to hit back. You need to hit back hard. Uh, keep you. I'll keep. I'll keep everybody updated on this pushing T Drake beef, even though. You guys probably see it blowing up your feeds already, but yeah, this is this is bad. It's a bad day for the OVO Sound family. Um, with that, we are gonna go into Donald Trump meeting with Kim Kardashian about prison reform. Let's get it going. And with that, we transition into Donald Trump and Kim Kardashian meeting up to discuss, can you guess it? Prison reform. Prison reform. Prison reform. Like, prison reform. Donald Trump, Kim Kardashian, and prison reform. So, uh, why Kim Kardashian? Probably the first, like, the first question you ask yourself if you read that headline. Um... Kim Kardashian, to my knowledge, has never been arrested, been on trial. Um, she's never really had any prison experience. Like, why her? You would have been better off meeting with Martha Stewart about prison reform. Like, I just don't understand where Kim Kardashian fits into prison reform and having any experience within the situation. Because typically the reason a president calls, like, a celebrity or somebody who isn't, like, a member of his cabinet to discuss an issue such as prison reform is because they have experience with the prison system, right? So, ideally, the perfect candidate, if you want to choose a celebrity to uh, to speak on prison reform right now, is Meek Mill. 
recently freed or out on bail. Still um, dealing with um, with stuff from a charge when he was 18. So he's, he's the ideal person to speak on prison reform right now. But that would never happen. Donald Trump ain't meeting with no Meek Mill. And Meek Mill ain't meeting with no Donald Trump. Imagine if imagine if Meek Mill met with Donald Trump. Imagine that. <laughs> we wouldn't listen to Meek Mill no more. Meek Mill ain't meeting with no Donald Trump. So that would never happen, right? So it just it doesn't make much sense to me. I mean, rumor has it that uh Melania Trump ain't been in the White House since he got he he got there. So maybe Kim Kardashian was in the White House for another reason. Other than prison reform. But that's neither here nor there. Um, um when Obama had um celebrities come in for uh for to talk about like issues, usually the celebrity has had some kind of experience with the issue. So uh during Ob- Obama's administration, he had Jay Z, T I, Wale come in for prison reform um issues too. Makes sense because both Jay-Z and T.I. have both been imprisoned. They both know the system. They know how it works. They have experience with getting arrested uh, and being denied your rights after you're arrested. They have experience with that. Um, Wale is obviously educated and he's been through the system as well. So these are people who make sense. You know, they're not conventional people who you would assume would be in the White House, but they make sense. They they have experience with whatever it is you're trying to change. Kim Kardashian does not. Now, if I'm Donald Trump and I want to have Kim Kardashian, let's just say I want to meet Kim Kardashian and I need a reason. Donald Trump meets with Kim Kardashian to discuss pornography. Simple. Discuss uh, pornography and, you know, uh, um, um, what am I trying to think of? Oh, revenge porn. Tiara Marie, a bunch of people get their sex tape leaked. Maybe you want to discuss bringing that into federal law. That's something Kim Kardashian is suited to talk about. Pornography, her sex tape, you know, these are things that she's suited for. Prison reform, not so much. So um, when I read it, I I wasn't surprised. I I chuckled. I was just like, this this seems like some Trumpy stuff. Something Trump would do. You kind of get the sense that Trump is a little bored in the White House, like, he just wanted to get elected, to get elected, and now that he's there, he's like, let's just find some things to do. But um, yeah, um, Kim Kardashian and prison reform uh, just doesn't make sense to me. But hey, this is America, right? All right, so I have a really unique opportunity because I recorded, I'm recording a lot of this content Thursday the 31st, but I'm dropping the episode tomorrow on the 1st. So I get to predict the NBA Finals, and then I get to listen back when I before I publish and post a reaction with the results. So Golden State versus Cleveland tonight, game one of the finals at Oracle Arena in Oakland. Uh, I think pretty much the entire world has the Golden State Warriors winning the NBA Finals. Uh I think LeBron doesn't have enough help. Like I know we've been saying that every series in Indiana, Boston, uh, like Indiana Raptors. Well, we didn't say that in the Raptors, but Indiana, 
Boston. We all year we've been saying he doesn't have enough help. He's exerting too much energy. He's gonna run out of gas. And all LeBron seems to do is prove us wrong. So um I think even if this does become serious or if it does, let's say LeBron does win. I think it's gonna take seven games and I don't think he wins a game in Oakland. So I'm going with Golden State tonight. I'm gonna win by ten. I don't really like predicting scores because like whatever. But I'm gonna go one oh nine, one nineteen. I think the game is close up until the third quarter, you know, the third quarter Warriors. I think the game is close. I let's say LeBron and Cleveland are up by six at halftime. That's when Curry and those boys, they, they blow the roof. They they love they love blowing the roof off of Oracle. They love making it loud and they, they love giving those fans a reason to cheer. So I say third quarter, they blow the game open. That is my prediction for game one. I would say watch out for Iguodala not playing because he's prim- he's usually the primary defender on LeBron. So there's this thing where because they have KD, he's going to have to guard LeBron. So he's going to spend a lot of energy on defense. And so offensively, he might be a little hampered, which is not going to be an issue. You still got Steph, Clay, Draymond um, passing-wise. So it shouldn't be a big deal. But the the good thing about the Hampton Five um, is Iguodala can guard LeBron. So KD can spend all his energy offensively, which they won't have that luxury game one. But I don't, I don't, see, I don't foresee it being a problem. If KD has to exert all his energy on defense and he can't score really well, you still got the best shooter probably to ever walk the planet Earth, Steph Curry. Then you got uh, probably another top 15 shooter in NBA history, Klay Thompson. Draymond is one of the best passing bigs in the league. Uh, I don't see it being much of a problem. I say Golden State by 10. They win game one. They win game two. Cleveland, when they take it back to Cleveland, it probably will get interesting. But... um. I'm interested to see what kind of performance LeBron, like how he comes out in the first quarter. Because typically when LeBron comes out aggressive in the first quarter, they they build a lead. And if they can play with a lead and have Golden State scratching and clawing back, then we might have a game. Because let's say LeBron and the Cavaliers go into halftime with like an 11-point lead. And the third quarter Warriors come out. But let's say... They only like the Warriors only up by five or six going into fourth quarter up to a three. LeBron, a LeBron led team, that's 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 dangerous. That's really dangerous. So I'm interested to see how LeBron comes out against Golden State. Um, I don't. I mean, I think I freaking thought LeBron was gonna lose every series. I I thought he I thought uh, Indiana was gonna win Game Seven in the first round. Wrong. I thought Toronto might have a chance to beat them this year and exercise some demons. Wrong. And then I thought the Celtics would beat them at home in Game 7. Wrong. So, I've been down with LeBron all postseason. We'll see. I I got a feeling that this is the one where I'm right. But Golden State tonight by 10. Golden State for the series. I got Golden State in 6. And that's a little generous. The two games are literally... Just games where I think LeBron might just go off. But Golden State in six. Golden State tonight by ten. Um, I'm posting this episode after the game. So we'll get a reaction. We'll see if I'm right. We'll see how it turns out. So 
yeah, that's how that's how we're gonna predict it. What a game one, and boy, do we have a lot to talk about on this recap of the NBA Finals game one in Oakland. Uh, Warriors won by ten points, as I predicted. If you've made it this far, you listened to my prediction. This is the recap. I did predict a ten point win. Although it did happen in grand fashion and spectacular fashion, it was a great game to watch. Uh, I sat here and watched it at work. Uh, I'm actually doing this segment from work. If I seem a little quiet or a little less animated as usual, I am at work right now. Um, so let's get right into it. A lot of things to analyze for this game. LeBron had a playoff career high 51 points, and it was not enough. It was not enough to get a W. Um, let's talk about some officiating. Um, so what about 36.4 seconds left? LeBron stepped in front of KD's drive to the basket and drew a whistle for a charge, meaning it would have been LeBron's ball. Two up two with 36 seconds left, a chance to close the game. Then Tony, <clears throat> sorry about that, guys. Tony Brothers, Ed Malloy, and Ken Maurer went to review not sure what it was they're reviewing because I know you don't we don't typically get reviews for if it's a charge if it's not it's just bang bang play, but they nonetheless they went to the review table and they reversed the call giving Golden State the blocking foul. So, um, I'm of the belief that the referees broke the rules. Um. It's not legal to go to the review board to the review tables to review if it's a charge or not. That's an equivalent of if you go to football and football, if you go to look to see if there was a catch made or not catch or catch not made, and the catch wasn't made, but you call pass interference off a replay. You can't really do that. But nonetheless, the call is the call. Um, Cavs still had a chance after that call, so we're not going to blame the loss on the Cavs. Um, so. Final seconds of the game. Let me play it out for you guys. George Hill drives to the basket, gets free throw opportunities, down by one. Two free throws to put him up by one. Makes the first three the free throw tie game. Misses the second free throw. J.R. Smith grabs the offensive rebound and dribbles out the clock. Had LeBron James top of the key wide open for a three. Or for whatever it is LeBron might have done, but he had LeBron James wide open. He had a couple players around who could have taken the last shot. He could have taken the last shot himself, but he dribbled the ball out. He did not know the score of the game. You can see him mouth to LeBron. I thought we were ahead. LeBron's visibly frustrated, walks back to the bench, prepared for overtime. Um... I mean, it's an inexplicable mistake. Game one, I mean, he, it's a series changer. If they still won in Oakland, that gives them a chance. Because then they can come back to Oakland down 3-1 instead of down, instead of possibly getting swept if, if they don't hold their um, if they don't hold their home floor down. So it's a series changer. You go from going up 0-1 in a series in Oakland and even if they were to win the second game, it'd be 1-1. And you go back to Cleveland. If you hold ground at home, you'd be going back to Oakland up 3-1. So, you know, it's a series changer. It's very disappointing. JR is known for blunders like this. Trust me, as a New York Knicks fan, I am no stranger to JR making stupid 
decisions. But um, yeah. Um, it was it was it was a bad mistake. He got lit up on Twitter last night. Lit up, and it's bad. Um, he. He needs a 20-point game. He needs a 20 to 25-point game to redeem himself. I mean, it's crazy. Um, uh, uh, um, possible suspensions for game two. Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson. Kevin Love did come off the bench during the scuffle with Tristan Thompson and Draymond Green. So, very possible he gets suspended for a game, too. I don't see it happening. I don't see them suspending Kevin Love. Um, I don't think that'd be in the NBA's best interest, and I don't think he deserves suspension. He didn't really get off the bench to do anything. He kind of just walked over to see what was going on. Um, Tristan Thompson possibly facing suspension. He struck Draymond Green in the face, which is kind of crazy to me because as tough as talk as Draymond Green had, he let Tristan Thompson slap him in his face, and he all he did was he he didn't have a reaction of somebody who can back up all the tough talk. It was kind of like a up oh, he punched me in my face, and he walk over a little bit and let them break it up. It's, it was actually kind of weird to watch. You would think Draymond Draymond would have a more fiery reaction, but um, it was a great game one. Um, they won by 10. I'm just glad I got my prediction right. I was looking really bad for a while there. But it was a great game one. Looking forward to game two. I think Golden State takes game two. I think uh, Cleveland's only chance of making this a series is standing pat at home. So go down 0-2. They win two in a row. And come back to Oakland and try, to get, and try to get game six. I mean game five, sorry, not game six. And they would need game six to win the series. But uh, I think this is going to be one of those uh, series where LeBron needs to worry about winning at home. Um, if he can win at home, uh, it becomes a series again. But I just don't see him taking one at Oakland. I said that from the beginning. If you listen this far, I don't really think he's taking one at Oakland. He came really, really close last night. And that required him to score 51. So I don't see him averaging 51. Uh, I I think it's his time. I think it's time for JR to step up. In the long run, we could look back at this JR blunder and say, hey, this woke him up. He went at an average 30 for the series, hopefully. But um, just a terrible, terrible. You can't, you got to know the score of the game. And the final minute is inexplicable. There's no excuse behind it. Somebody was at the free throw line. So you had time to look up and gather the score, gather your thoughts, gather your strategy. This is inexplicable. Um, the lack of awareness in an NBA Finals game is for lack of better words, it's really stupid. Uh, people are comparing this to Chris Webber um, timeout, but it is definitely not the same. Um, not at all the same. But um, looking forward to seeing game two with the rest of the series. Um, looks like it's going to be pretty entertaining. Looks like it's going to be pretty good. Uh, but I got my prediction right, so I'm happy. Um this is the last segment of the episode. Um, see you guys Monday. I'll definitely be uploading on Monday. A few things will happen in between then. Hopefully, Drake drops a little something for Pusha T. Hopefully, we get a lot of good stuff to talk about. Um, I actually do want to introduce a, a few new segments on my next um, my next show. So, 
This was the episode of The Q. I tried to shorten it from the last episode, bring it down from 15 minutes to about half an hour. I feel like I went a little long on the last time. So make sure you check back Monday for the new episode. Have a good day, guys.